Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. And Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leaf. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Greetings and salutations. And welcome to this very special edition of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, episode 29. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Costu. With my good pal, honorary member of the Dutch Vanderling gang, God damn. Kyle Nice. Kyle, how are you doing today? Nick, I don't even know why I'm on this show anymore. I don't, I don't like hockey anymore. You don't like hockey? I told you I was finished. I was like, Nick, I told you when I lose, when I lose my fantasy week, I'm I'm done for two weeks. But here I am. Like uh I'm I'm doing this this show a real service here. These fans better be appreciative. Yeah, well, uh I mean we I guess people can I mean, estimate as to how your week went based on how you're talking right now, because we left everyone on a cliffhanger last week. It was the start of the fantasy playoffs. Kyle was going to go one-on-one with the other Kyle in the league. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, we were going to see what happens. If he'd won, he'd play me. And uh, why don't you uh, brief the audience on, on, on what happened there, Kyle? Well, I'll get into Cause, it Because I, I, assume, I assume there's a lot of emotions flying through your system right now. You know what, Nick? I think I just feel comfortably numb right now. <laughs> I think it's... Comfortably uh, numb. Comfortably numb. Reminds me of a song somewhere, but we won't get into that now. So, Nick, I started the week, and I'll be honest with you. I, I knew I was in a bit of trouble just because the way the, the schedule lined up, it was it was in this guy's favor. But at the same time, you got to have confidence in your guys, right? Like, these guys have gotten me so far. They got me all the way to third. There was a point in time when I was out of the playoffs looking in, and then I just went on this streak to get to third, and I was feeling great, Nick. Feeling great. I love my guys. I'm, I'm always going to stick by my players. And then what happened, man? What happened out there? Well, it started with it started with this. Because I have Andre Vasilevsky. He's got Devin Dubnik. I knew something was wrong with this week. The minute... Okay, so it's a good matchup, Nick. Tampa Bay versus Minnesota. We're both playing our goalies. And you're thinking, Tampa Bay, they're, they're pretty darn good. I've, I've got a lot of faith in this team. They get shut out by Dubnik and, and the Minnesota Wild, okay? So that's a blow. Mm-hmm. First off, that, that checks off one box. Okay, that shouldn't happen, but it did. Okay, I can I can take a hit. Second of all, the Latang injury lasted the entire week. He's still injured. But here was the thing that broke the camel's back, Nick. I was going into this weekend pretty darn comfortable. Uh, my goaltending was performing valiantly. I had like a 940 and a great goals against. And I got 
a, a marquee matchup, Nick. Montreal versus Anaheim. And I know Montreal doesn't have a great time on the road in, in California. Too much sun, too much fun. Jonathan Drouin cracking bad jokes. But here was the matchup, Nick. You've got Carey Price, who many would consider the best goaltender in the entire NHL. Maybe not this year, but in the last three years, some would say that. All right, you've got the worst offensive team in the entire NHL. The Anaheim Ducks, one of the biggest laughing stocks of the entire league in this year. These None of their guys are scoring. It's just awful there. Their general manager is the coach, Nick. The guys never coached in the entire... His fifth game coaching is now against Montreal, right? So everything's shaping up pretty good. Now what happens is Carey Price lays the biggest egg of his career. He lets in eight goals against the Ducks. And not only that, Nick, but the coach left him in there for all eight goals. All it's, eight. It, it's yeah. not four goals and, and get out of there. I'm going to save your splits. No. No, you're going to stay in there for all eight goals. I don't think I've ever seen this out of this goaltender. I've never had this in my entire fantasy hockey career, which isn't long. But my mm-hmm. goals against average was eight, Nick. I'm not even It's 720 and, and an eight goals against. So I'm shot. I'm just done at that point. And then mix in, factor in the, the fact that many of my guys went to sleep. Most of my pickups didn't work. Um, and then and then just the, this is the icing on the cake. This is the icing on this. It's hilarious. Just the hockey gods have come down to spite me for some reason me. So I get a notification on my phone twice today. Twice. And then, and then the TSN post on Instagram. It's hilarious, okay? So one one was Jacob Voracek has been suspended for two games for an illegal check and whatever. Okay, Voracek's done. Mm. And then another, boom, five minutes later, Jack Eichel has been suspended for two games. I'm like, and I'm just going, yeah, so that. even if I won this week, I'm sunk anyways. Yeah. Even if I won, I'm, I'm without two of my top five players. And Eichel's probably my best player. So mm. I'm just thinking, you know what? I just don't give a shit anymore. This is crazy. Neither of these guys have ever been suspended in their entire careers, Nick. Neither of these guys. And it's like, what? Now, at the same time, on the same day, they're both on my team? Like, it's just hilarious. But those were moot points, right? Because you no, were no, exactly. by then. But that was just like, that was just like, I was down Icing and the then yeah, and okay, then someone yeah. kicked me and kicked salt in the wound kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it was yeah. done anyways, but it's like, hey, even if you did win... You'd still lose, you stupid shit. So I was like, okay, fine. And that, and then, uh, and then obviously there's one game I'm looking at today because, like, fuck, offensively I'm done. I've just I picked up Halak for shits, right? Because they got points in 18 straight games. They're not getting mm. a point today, Nick. Halak's already let in two goals in the first 10 minutes. So mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm turning the game off, and uh, and that's it. That's my season. But uh, <laughs> I'm I'm really looking forward to next year because I'm just going to build up a, a hilarious team of guys I just really love, and uh, and we'll just go from there. But just a an anarchy of of a week. And I was telling Mitch from our from our league last night. I was like, you know what, Mitch? I, I'm glad it happened like this because at least it's like it's funny, and at least it's like so over the top that I can I can talk about it. It's not like mm. really close, and I just made a, a, a screw up. But uh, no, it's it, it's over for me, and uh, I I wish you the best of luck here. And uh, no, it's uh, fantasy hockey. It's just it's you never know what you're gonna get. You never know.
Yeah, and, and I'm probably going to need it against this guy because it looks like past is very close to returning. Yeah, yeah, pass and, is and back. He He's got you, cooch. He gave you a run for your money with all those goalies. I warned you at the start of the week. I said these goalies on these playoff teams, these fringe playoff teams who are hot, the Dubniks yeah. and Minnesotas of the world, they're scary. Mm-hmm. They're very scary at this time. And, and Dubnik got you big time, shutting yeah. you out in, in Tampa. Yeah, and it, and like yeah. other than that, like his goalies were were sort of floundering. Like if you look at his splits, he's got an eight eighty eight right now. Oh yeah, like I I was I was novel. sailing, I was sailing yeah. away, and then Price literally fucked me single handedly. Well, okay, that and whole here's team. What I will say in that respect, I I want to personally apologize to you. I owe you an apology. Oh why? This I had good. insider knowledge. I had insider knowledge going into that game. No, I so, Nick, I I know the. The Montreal Canadiens never do well in California. That's it's what not I that. knew. It, Kyle, it's not that. It's just apparently this, I got the scoop from Pierre. This is hellacious. Oh my so when God. you do when you do the San Jose Anaheim back to back, and this is very technical. Like this gets into nitty gritty here. When you finish a game in San Jose, you're not allowed to fly out of the city of San Jose. They have these noise laws. You can't fly out from there. So you have to hop on a bus. You have to go an hour to Oakland or San Francisco. Then you can fly out. So you fly out of those cities. You need to land in Orange County. That's where the Anaheim Ducks play. You can't land in Orange County because of noise laws. So you have to land in L.A. And then you have to hop on another bus, another one-hour bus, to go from L.A. to to Orange County. So if you take all that transport into account, you're looking at not getting into your hotel until like 3, 3.30 in the morning. So you think this team's feeling good about themselves going into that Anaheim game after that hellacious travel? I don't think so. Now, Nick, you think there's merit to that. There's there's merit to that, but what I can say is you you can take the apology back because I I heard that exact same thing out of Pierre before I uh, I made my move. But at that point, Nick, I had only played two goalies, so I needed another one regardless. And uh, even knowing that information, I I was still willing to put Price in the net. I would and, have still uh, done the same too, but, yeah. but uh, apparently they hadn't won since 1999. Which is fucked. 20 <laughs> years. You can't win a game in that stadium. Now, was the that Anaheim time, or San Jose? That was in Anaheim. Oh, my God. The last time they won, Pierre Maguire was covering the team. Oh, 1999. my God. Wow. He had a full head of hair. Wow. Wow. Come on. Not full. Not full. I'm just saying, like not 20 full. years. He was skinny. Let's put it that way. He was oh, in good shape. Wow. He was not the fat schmuck he is now. Boy, that is a different time and place. Yeah. Wow. That's a long time. So you had history against you. You had yeah. a hellacious travel schedule against you. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. I woke up to that 8-2 score, I was not surprised in the slightest. Come on. You were oh, surprised no. to see eight I mean, goals? Okay, yeah. Eight's pretty... Sp- Significant. I was not surprised that they lost the game. Let's put it that way. Okay, fine. And the but second like... thing I want to say is there was still some hope because you had a pretty good matchup the Saturday night. You had Tampa hosting Detroit. Yes, um, I did. And I was like, okay, that's an automatic win. Yep. Overall, yep. good splits. You got Vassy. Yep. And your boy, your boy John Cooper, gives him gives him the bench for the night. He says, nope, we're not going Vassy. We're we're going Deming. And I and I have a feeling that really uh, got you going as well. And I was just thinking, you know what? This this is karma for all the foul things I said about Cooper. About Cooper, yeah. When when he mistreated mistreated my boy, and look look mm-hmm. at how things turn, Nick. Now 
my friend Jonathan, he's mistreating me. He he's not done nothing but let me down, and Cooper's done nothing but have success. So it all, at mm. the end of the day, it all bites me in the ass because Cooper gave me the big finger, and at the at the end of the day, Jonathan Duran's a free agent because I, I dropped mm-hmm. him. He sucks, and I'm, I I was gonna get into him actually a little bit later just on how much of a fucking brat he is, but uh, we'll leave that for the for the Montreal segment, which is coming up in a second. But no, yeah, it's just, well, it all comes back. It's all, yeah. everything comes around, right? It's just mm-hmm. karma coming. And you know what? We always talk about uh, Pierre. I always talk some some dark things about Pierre. So maybe one day he's going to F me as well somehow. But mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for that kind of thing happening. Yeah. No, you mentioned it with Drew Ann. Because like, <clears throat> like, we'll get into the Habs right now. Like, I, I, I'm sure you were watching that road trip very carefully. I know those oh, yeah. games go late. And, and, yep. and, and you, don't, you don't watch those Western games a lot. But uh, you must have been watching these ones very intently, given the the fantasy ramifications, right? Yeah, and the first thing I did see before the trip even started, I, I think uh, right before they played LA, the the boys, like the the main players on the team, were all seen in scooters running around the street with with these little scooters, and it was just a hilarious scene. And I'm just like, okay, this is bad. This is I know something bad's uh-huh. gonna happen because they took this hilarious selfie video. Uh, of like Max Domi, Gallagher, Druan, all the all the young guys rolling around on these ridiculous small scooters, and I saw Druan's hair flapping in the wind. I'm like, yeah, this is I'm done. I'm finished here. This is not gonna happen. But yeah, I mean, not yet. Yeah, not to mention, he was like he was relegated to the third line for the. Oh trip, yeah, right? he, he yeah. Was playing with like Joel Armia and uh, Jordan Wheel. Yeah, and that that's what inevitably led me to drop him. I was just like, mm-hmm. you know what. This is the straw that breaks the camel's back. Like I, I was listening to you in my head. I was like, like let go of your heart and just go with your head. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, this guy sucks. Uh, it, you know what? He's gonna be on my bench because like the days he does play are loaded nights, and I'm not gonna have any confidence in playing him. So, what is the point of keeping him? And uh, just, just another thing on Druan here. Oh man, Nick, he's. <laughs> He's he's quickly turning into one of my least favorite players in the entire league, Nick. Now that that's that's really saying something because what happens when you have a guy that you like so much and all he does is disappoint you over and over again, it so quickly turns into resentment and it goes the exact opposite direction. Like love can turn to hate in a matter of days, Nick. And he's just mm. an entitled little shit. Like this I don't know how many times I've ranted about him on this show, but uh he only plays when he feels like it. Like I, I'm confident, if there's a big playoff game, he'll he'll be a fine player. But you've got the least character, or the worst, most poisonous character in this entire league. Maybe just behind Matt Duchesne for some reason. This mm-hmm. guy is just a fucking. I, I don't know what Bergevin's thinking. Maybe he's thinking, you know what? Uh, maybe I blew this. Maybe I blew this trade. But this guy, you don't want him on a championship team. I'm not putting him on any team. This guy's a little shit. He's like a little prima donna, spoiled little brat. And I think it would have been excellent for his career if he stayed in Tampa a little bit longer. Because I know the Cooper treatment was harsh. But I think it's exactly what he needed. He was learning the hard way from from John Cooper. And and you know what? It it showed because he was like, he went to Alan Walsh. He's like, get me out of here. I don't like it. I'm not playing enough. Well, guess what? If you stayed there a little longer, maybe you would have learned a fucking lesson here. So, 
yeah, that that's my little rant on Drew Rand. Just a lot of negativity happening so, tonight. So, yeah, no, I, and it makes sense. And it's pretty dramatic coming from someone who just a week ago said he was in your heart. Yes. But, you know, what? so what did you think in general? I mean, what did these Californian teams show you? What did the Habs show you? What conclusions do you draw here? Honestly, I don't know. Like, I, I understand in the back of my head that th- this is a tough, like, road trip. This is one of the tougher road trips, as Pierre mentioned, as everyone said. But at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta really look deep inside, look in the mirror, look at the standings. Like you're on, you're now on the outside looking in. And I don't care what anyone says. Anaheim has been a bit better recently. You should. I don't care how tired you are. You see this team, and you see blood, and you fucking go for it. Like you, I don't care what you have to do. Like this, you have to put. I get it. In San Jose, if they got blown out, I get it. Because you're looking at San Jose, you're like, okay, this is really tough. It's a tough road trip, and this team's not going to be easy. But when you look at Anaheim, and you look at how much of a shit show they are, you show up for those games. You know that's the two points that you can easily win. I don't care how tired you are. You don't just pack it in. And I think some of, some of that game has got to be on the coach and, and getting them riled up for this game. But I, I don't like the fight level, Nick. I don't like the... Uh, the um the desperation here like i'm i'm looking at i'm looking at pittsburgh who's who's thriving right now i'm looking at philly who's thriving right now it doesn't matter who they play pittsburgh's beating boston who's hot as shit right now like you you got to have some character here and i'm really questioning this team's character well it's funny you mentioned the coach cuz i i think the the dreaded decision that kind of set everything apart on this on this road trip was starting the Emmy in San Jose. Oh. Cause because if you look at that game, you look at the metrics, you look at the numbers. I didn't watch those games, but I saw the highlights at the very least. It looks like Montreal owned them uh in, in just style of play. And apparently there was a flu bug going through San Jose and their top players were playing sick. Mm. And, and and that was the game because you had already won the game in LA. You win that one, you got four points already on this trip. It doesn't matter what happens in Anaheim. But the fact they went with Niemi and he let in those two odorous goals to start the game, those were really bad goals to give up. Like, mm. Montreal was dominating play, and then he just gives up those two cookies, and, mm-hmm. and, and the game's over, in my mind. Yeah. So, now, I, 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 don't, I, I don't, like, in hindsight, it's easy to say this in hindsight, but it looks like Julianne just made the wrong move there. Mm-hmm. And I, I it's, it's so tough, Nick, and I, I do sympathize with him because if you look at those, it, it's a, if you look at a back-to-back in isolation and you make the decision, listen, I'm not going to play Price back-to-back. If you make that decision, then, then logic would say, well, you can look at it like this. You can play your better goalie against the better team, or you can try and guarantee a one win by playing your better goalie against the worst team. I think what Julian might have done was say, listen, San Jose is a wash. If we win, we win, but I want to double down and I want to definitely beat Anaheim to get those two points. And I, I, unbelievably, this is what happened. So it totally blew up in his face. That that level of thinking, I, I, I think it might be flawed. And uh, and we, we saw it. We saw it there. So I don't know. Like, I, I get it, but at the same time, I don't know the room, what the, how those guys reacted to the decision. But uh, it it was just a, it was the wrong move. Hindsight tells us it, it's just the wrong move. But I, I do sympathize oh, yeah. with his with his the choice that he had to wrestle with. Yeah, I mean, if you start Price, he doesn't let those two goals in. You have no. a lead in San Jose, and and not not to mention your fantasy team's doing great. 
You know, oh, yeah. he's, 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 he's got through that game, and then you play Niemi versus the inferior opponent and, and let him get lit up. But that, that yeah. first game where you don't have to deal with the travel and you got a good mm. shot at winning, you start Price. You go with your big gun, and they didn't do that. And, it's, yeah, coming off a win in L.A. too where everyone yeah. played seemingly pretty well, and Price had a great game, and I was... You know, I woke up the next morning there, and I was like, "Well, you know what? This is this is good. I, I have a f- good feeling about this road mm. trip." And then, you know what? Niemi just fucking had a Niemi mm. moment, and it just fucking blew up yeah. from there. He might he up. may have just costed himself his NHL career. We'll see and, here, and and perhaps the entire playoff race here and for this perhaps team, perhaps the whole race. Because I'm I don't mm. know, Nick. I'm looking at these other teams. We're about to get into our uh, our final playoff predictions, where how the how the standings are going to shake out, but. These other teams, I, I just see, I see more fight. I see more consistency, mm-hmm. character. Like, uh, I, I uh, maybe aside a, a Carolina, I don't have too much to say about them. But these other teams, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. This, I, I said it many moons ago, and I said, Nick, I don't have ultimate faith in this Montreal team. I'd like to tell you that I, I could put them in the playoffs and root for them like crazy, but at the end of the day, there's something missing here. There's just something yeah. missing. It's not and, quite and that, time. Yeah. And and that's exactly why I sent you that article, or at least the headline. Yeah. Um. I'm I've I'm now a proud subscriber of the Athletic. Oh, as, you are. As, uh, is 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 uh, much of a um. It, it makes me sound very eloquent and and smart to be saying that when you say you're subscribed to the Athletic. You're, yeah, you're, you're a true you're intellectual at that big point. Big sports guy, huh? No, I'm I'm just fucking with you. It's the free trial. Oh yeah, but, I, I went through uh, mine. But, but yeah, well, I needed it for like fantasy baseball advice, and I cashed it in for this week. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. point is, um, it, it hey, actually, good point out there for students. There's a fifty uh, percent discount, so you can actually get the athletic for like thirty bucks uh, per year, which is pretty good if you ask me. But anyways, that's great. This article I sent you uh, by the revered writer in in Montreal, Mitch Melnick. He's got the show on TSN six ninety. Yeah, and uh, the the picture, it's it's just price on his ass. Just not knowing what he's doing. Montreal players are just falling around around him. And, and the headline's just, Melnick's good, bad, and the ugly. The Canadians make another bad B-movie in California. Oh, yeah. Will the, yeah. Se- will the sequel be goodbye to the playoffs? Question mark? Nick? Good headline. I, re- I read the headline and I closed it immediately. <laughs> I didn't even want to look at it. <laughs> it yeah. just hurts so he rips much. Into the team. He rips into the team... Uh, very bad but regardless i think that sets up our next segment pretty well yes how do you see the east and west shaping up here is, is this truly going to be uh goodbye to the playoffs for montreal here mm. now before i get into that just a quick question are you yeah. you're not able to send me that article right it's just I like I, well, I, you, I have to have I can, the membership i can we can try after but if if i copy paste i'm sure you will get it and it'll just not you won't be able to read it all yeah no i get yeah because there was a kale mccarr article uh earlier that i couldn't look at i'd love to mm. give it a go but uh, maybe but, i'll just do another maybe, free trial maybe maybe you can work some magic and you can actually sign in on two different computers right kind of like what we do with game center yeah so the, the two of us could split the cost we could pay like 15 each and we get the athletic for a year yeah no i i definitely do that about. Cause I yeah I I like the athletic. It's it's got mm-hmm. some some good niche storylines. Like you know they they got mm-hmm. guys kind of going behind the scenes, which I like. And obviously you have that fantasy hockey segment where they the one guy answers all the questions. So it's mm-hmm. it's cool. It's it's nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's get into yeah, these. Let's get into these uh, these predictions here. Yes, sir. So East first. 
Do you want Do you want me to go first, or do you want to break it down? Yeah, by, go uh, ahead. I need some time here to look it over. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Should I do the whole thing, or just go division? Um, you can just yeah, you go division in the wild cards. Just go after it. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Met Metro. Metro. Number one. Washington Capitals. Hmm. I think they've uh, they've built it up enough. They've they've proved themselves, and uh, I think they're just going to coast into a nice first place here. And everyone else is going to battle for jockeying for position. Number two, Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes, I think they'll get up all the way to two. I think New York Islanders will flounder a little bit, but they'll end up finding their rhythm kind of down the stretch here. So that's what where I have them at number three is the New York Islanders. So that's how it shakes out, Nick. One, Washington, two, Pittsburgh, three, New York. But I, I I'm I'm sticking by this. I think New York the Islanders will they will meet some adversity in the short term and then end up figuring it out pretty soon. But they they could fall lower than that. I don't know, but uh we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Uh Atlantic. Number one. Toronto Maple Leafs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Hmm. Number one, Tampa Bay Lightning. Number two, Boston. Number three, Toronto. This one's not too hard, Nick. Uh, you know, Boston's just killing it. I think it's become inevitable that Toronto will not have home ice. And uh, they will face off in the in the first round once more. And uh, Tampa's just Tampa. Like, nothing to say there. Nothing to say. Wild card. Now, here's where it gets a little interesting. <laughs> Oh, here we go. So number one, Columbus. First wild card position will be attained by Columbus. I think they'll they'll thank God find their rhythm. They'll they'll get ahead of players like uh, Carolina and uh, and Montreal here. And then number two, this is the one of the most debate, Nick. We've got a couple candidates. We've got Carolina. We've got Montreal. We've got uh, you know a streaking Flyers team that might make it interesting. <sighs> Nick, 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 Nick. Out of pure, say, hopefulness, I'm going to say Montreal. Now, wow. e- even after all I've just said, I'm out of pure hopefulness. Now, the rest of them are, are things that I think will happen. This last pick, I'm. it's just me throwing good energy out into the universe. And that mm-hmm. that's how my East will shake out, I think. You know, obviously, we're gonna need you're gonna need Price to show up. You're gonna need some some players to to score some more goals. But this is how it's gonna show up in 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 my head. So that's that's my East. Yeah, I I, I it makes sense. I I think that's almost identical to what you predicted. Like when we did this a month or two ago, the last mm-hmm. time we did a playoff prediction segment. Yeah. Um. So it makes sense. You're sticking with your guns, and uh, and I'm gonna do the same. Um. I, I had Washington at, at the top of the Metro. I think they, they took a little bit of a nap, you know, and deservedly so, given you just came off a of Stanley Cup. But they finally woke up where it matters here, and uh, I think they're just going to finish in stride and lock up that top spot. Um, Islanders, I mean, two and three, I'm not even going to rank these. I, I don't really know what way they'll, they'll line up. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm going to give the Islanders a benefit of the doubt because they still got a gap between them and the wild card team. So I'm, I'm pretty mm-hmm. convinced they can stick in that two three spot as long as they just stick to the coach and his message. 
and 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 hopefully Leonard's healthy because I know he fell down a little that last week, and then now they're leaning on Grice quite a bit. Mm. As long as Leonard gets healthy and they can go back to giving those guys a 50-50 split and making them both rested, I don't see how this team falls. I mean, if they've gone 68 games following their coach and, and his message. I can't see them just not listening to him in these last 14. So I, I just continue with the norm here. And, and get them in a 2-3 spot. And then, like like Washington, I think Pittsburgh's in a similar predicament. A, a team that's had a lot of success, goes deep in the playoffs consistently, took a bit of a nap, and now they're going to wake up. And uh, it seems those Florida guys are, are finally coming along. That oh, Jared yeah. McCann, he's formed some chemistry with Sid. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I feel like they're 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 finding their way and i think they're just a better team than a than a columbus and a carolina or a montreal so i got that that being a two three matchup islanders pit um atlantic this is easy i'm not even really gonna go into this given how yeah. much we've talked about the leafs of late i got tampa one boston two toronto three um i think the bigger conversation will will be had in the playoffs when we inevitably see boston and toronto go at it yet again um, and then the wild card, and and this is big. I I've always been high on Columbus, not so high to put them into a two-three hole because I just don't think they're trending as as hot as Pittsburgh, and I also don't think they can make up that gap with the Islanders. It's about six points right now, which is quite a bit with fourteen to go. Um, so I see them locking up the first wild card because I think I think they're going to do everything they can to avoid Tampa if they yes. want to make an upset, which I mm-hmm. think they're capable of. And so I see, I see them locking up that first wild card, getting to play Washington, and at least get into a series where, where they could potentially win. And, and I think it would be a good storyline given the the rivalry they had last playoffs. Um, and then my final spot, Montreal Carolina. As you did, I'm going to stick with my pick I made a, a month or two ago, and that's Carolina. I I think they're top to bottom. Well, maybe not bottom. Maybe they don't have the goalie of Carey Price, but everything outside of Carey Price is 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 better than Montreal in every single respect. Forwards, defense, Nino Niederreiter has emerged as a star there mm. in uh in North Carolina. Um I, I, I just I, I like this team. Everything but goaltending. I really like this team. And uh and I'm more bullish on what you have in front of the goalie than what you actually have in the crease. And and that's just my personal mindset and that's why I like Carol to lock up that final playoff spot. Mm. Nice. Yeah, no, it's like it's funny. It's pretty much the exact same, except for that one area of debate, which is that final mm-hmm. wild card. And one more quick note on Pittsburgh is that wouldn't wouldn't you know it? Uh, what a coincidence! Sid is playing the best hockey of his, of the season, and he looks like he's absolutely on form. And it's it's just so hard to bet against them when when they're when he's playing like that. And Kessel finally got on the board the other day, and. I'll tell you though, Malkin has looked a little bit off recently, so he needs to get going. And then, if he can do that, Nick, I mean, you 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 see my playoff brackets year after year. It's it's really hard for me to bet against them. But it's uh, you know what, we can't we can't count them out. A lot of people are being uh being a little ignorant of Pittsburgh's recent success, and I think they're gonna be uh they're gonna be fantastic, fantastic, Nick. But let's let's go to the. I mean, West. you have the best. You have the best, and and when you have the best player in the world, it's it's hard to miss the playoffs. And oh. and for those who think he is better than McDavid, me being in that boat still, um, I I'm just I'm very strong about that feeling. Mm. Oh, and Murray's played very very well recently mm-hmm. as well. 
Yeah, I, they just need Latang back. They need they need that, yeah. that rock on defense back because they're not the same without him. No, and it looks like he is actually going to be back on time, and, it, and he might even come back this week because it, it looks like he's starting to skate more with the team, and uh, he's he's actually just running into the flu bug as well. But uh, no, he's he's so, going to be back so, sooner rather than later. So just Justin Schultz fantasy value is is going to plummet as of tomorrow. Um, now I don't or know do, if he'll be I back for tomorrow. You might have a few days, but don't be surprised if if Latang's good to go pretty darn soon. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, until you hear something official, like yeah. Schultz has got a guy you gotta have. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. gotta have that him. top PP. It's too lethal. Oh, it's good. It's good. And you said it like that. Those Florida guys. Fuck, that was a that was an underrated move because Bukestad's mm-hmm. just an awesome player, and McCann's finding chemistry on that top line. It's looking good. It's mm-hmm. looking pretty darn good. But let's go to the West, Nick. Now, this one, <laughs> this one for me, like, I didn't even change, I don't think, anything from what I saw in the Central and Pacific. I'll give it to you now. Uh, Winnipeg, number one in the Central. Nashville at number two. St. Louis at number three. Now, th- there's enough there's enough of a gap between Nashville and St. Louis where I don't think anything's going to happen there. And I just think Winnipeg has, you know, the slight edge over Nashville. So that's why I see that kind of shaping up to be pretty darn similar down the stretch. Now Pacific, uh, what? Uh, yeah, so this one didn't change for me at all either. San Jose, who's recently just edged Calgary, they're Calgary's stumbling, stumbling a little bit. Uh, Calgary sticks to number two simply because they have such a cushion over Vegas, such a big cushion. I think it's like eight points, mm. six, seven, eight points. So that's huge. Otherwise, I would definitely have Vegas over Calgary because I think Vegas is going to sneak up and, and get a lot closer than they are right now to that second spot. But yeah, either way, I think Calgary's got no shot against Vegas in that first round anyways. Uh, so wild card. Now, here's things get very, very interesting here, Nick. Very interesting. Number one wild card. And this is a controversial pick. Very controversial. I've got the Colorado Avalanche. Wow. Now, Landis Cog just went down. He's going to be down until for like six weeks. So immediately the top line is broken up. So you're, th- you're thinking, why the hell is this guy putting them at number one? Well, Nick, come on. I don't know. I don't like, I, I said it a long time ago, I don't like Minnesota. I think the coach somehow, like you said, he's a great regular season coach. I don't know how he does it. He's gotten them this far. They made some boneheaded trades, in my mind, just totally boneheaded, and they're still somehow winning. I think it's going to fall out for them, hopefully pretty soon, but I also think Colorado's going to go on a run, and the reason why, Nick, is because Colorado faces some very key opponents down the stretch here. Every single team that Colorado's running against in this playoff race, they will face. They're going to face Dallas. They're going to face Arizona. They face Chicago twice, and they're not really in the race, but that's that's a beatable team. Their their schedule sets them up where they will control their own destiny. So if if they if they want to do this, if it's totally in their hands, like they're gonna face Minnesota, I think twice too. So there, it's totally in their hands. We might see Kale McCarr, who knows? And uh, it, it's gonna be very very intriguing, and I think. You're going to see Rantanen and McKinnon really carry some carry some games like they did uh, in that 3 nothing win against Buffalo. So I have them taking the first. 
and I got Dallas in the second hole. Now, this is just simply because, you know, I think they've done enough already, and they've got a little bit of a cushion there in that wild card spot. I think they've done enough. I think it's their time, Nick. It's just been too long with this Sagan and Ben era, and it's just not enough playoffs for them. So I think they deserve this, and I think uh, they're they're pretty well coached defensively. They just somehow they don't score a lot of goals, man. Like it's just it's crazy. But I think Dallas can hold on to number two, and uh, and probably play Winnipeg in the first round unless San Jose can, yeah, one of those two. So yeah. That's my West, and uh, I think those two wildcard picks are a little bit bold on the way I ordered them, but uh, I think that's how it's going to shake out. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't be too long here. I, I think it basically stays the same for the top three in both uh, the Central and Pacific here for me. Reason for that being, um, you know, Winnipeg, I don't think Nashville catches them because Winnipeg, as of right now, they've got three games in hand. Nashville's mm. already played 70 games more than anybody in the league. Wow. So uh, I, I like them staying atop for just that very reason. Not that I love the team. It's just statistics. Um, and then 2-3 Nashville, St. Louis. You know, this could flip-flop because uh, St. Louis, they're down four points, but they got two two at hand on Nashville. Mm. Wow. And, uh, and, and I think that series is really set up. I think that series at this point is like as inevitable as Boston, Toronto. Like the stats may not say that, but I think that's as inevitable, and I think that would be great for St. Louis because they've won every meeting against that team so far. They really? have Nashville's number. Nashville is terrified of St. Louis right now. Wow. Um, and for Winnipeg, it's imperative to keep that top spot because you, you don't want anything to do with St. Louis in the oh, first no. round. They, no, no. Even if you beat them, you're going to be bruised after that series, and mm-hmm. you're, you'd much rather play one of those wild card teams. So I think that's how it shakes up. Winnipeg, St. Louis, Nashville, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Pacific okay. Division. Wow. San Jose, I knew they'd come fo- like they'd light on fire eventually. Even without Eric Carlson, they seem to play better without him. They they're just consistently winning games. They're putting in good efforts. Martin Jones has put in, you know, he's won four straight now all of a sudden, which bodes well for me heading into my playoffs. Um, it's it, they'll lock up the top spot. To me, it was only a matter of time before they caught Cal- Calgary because one team was trending up, the other was trending down. And, and Calgary's got to be kicking themselves because you'd much rather play one of those wild cards than Vegas. Because oh, yeah. Vegas just looks, they look ready for a run after that, uh, the Mark Stone deal. So uh, I like San Jose yet? one. I, I, I can't see them losing that spot. Um, Calgary two, Vegas three. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the wild card. And this is where the differences come in. I, I guess I'll start by knocking out the teams who I don't think are going to make it. And, and then gradually talking about the two who I think will lock it up. I, I don't see, uh, unfortunately, any of the Canadian teams making it. Just Vancouver, they've been too up and down of late to, to make an incredible run here to, to finish the season. Mm. Um, Edmonton, they've been playing great of late. Mm. Uh, Miko Koskinen has become a star in the fantasy world. People need to pick him up. He's another hawk goalie like Martin Jones or like Darcy Kemper. But unfortunately, they're winning games and they're not making up ground because these other teams ahead of them are winning at, at paces at the same or even higher than them. And, and and it seems whatever magic Hitchcock's implementing now, it's just a little too late. So um, I, I don't like Edmonton as much as I did earlier. Um, Chicago, same story with them. They've still got too much ground to make up, seven points as of today. Um, and then, you know, Colorado and Arizona. And this is interesting. Kyle, you're not going to like this, but uh, Ooh. 
to me, Colorado, they're starting to look like a team that's content not getting into the playoffs. Wow. There's not the same urgency as with like a Dallas or Minnesota. And the reason I say that is because the more you hear about the McCarr kid, the more the more you hear about Ottawa and the pick they're going to have from Ottawa, which could be Jack Hughes, the more you hear about already they have an existing pick in the first round. They got like two picks in the second round, two in the third round. Mm. To me, it just it doesn't. And you got this news about Barry being traded soon. Like it just doesn't look like they're desperate. Like it doesn't look like they really need a run this this year. Like it's not like that fan base needs a playoffs. Mm. And and not to mention, and you didn't mention this in your take, but Gabriel Landeskog's injured now mm-hmm. for what looks like the next the rest of the season. That that's a big piece in your lineup. That's a leader on and off the ice. I just don't know if 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 Rantanen and McKinnon can just carry this team for the next you know three weeks without them. So I don't like Colorado for that very reason. Both those reasons: the injury, huge injury, and just I don't see the the urgency. I like seeing urgency in hockey teams come the end of the season, and I'm just not seeing that from Colorado and uh, and Arizona. This is the best run, and I hope to God they make it. I really do, because like I said earlier, this is like a ragtag group of outcasts, no stars, who are just very well coached, who are just trying to... It's the ultimate underdog story, and it would be great if they get in. Great for Paul Bissonnette in the market there. I, I'd <laughs> love it if they made it in. But unfortunately, like I said, these two teams in front of them, they're more desperate than them, and they're... Arizona, they had a big injury to Derek Stop step on. I believe that's as big a loss as the Landeskog situation in Colorado. That mm. guy's a key figure in your lineup. Pop center, plays on your PK, plays on your power play, big presence on and off the ice. That's not a guy you want to miss. That's why I don't like Arizona. So then I got Dallas and Minnesota, and and, and I'm comfortable with these picks because they're desperate hockey markets who need to make a run, Minnesota, consistently getting out in the first round. But Bruce Boudreau, he's up against it. And, and I have my faith in Bruce. We're boys. I, I think hmm. he's going to right the ship. And, and and Dallas, this is a very desperate hockey market. This is one that's been craving for some kind of playoff success. They're either one and out every year, or they just missed the playoffs. And they got the star power in Sagan and Ben, I believe, to lead them into the, the promised land, into the playoffs. And and I just I see them being more urgent. I like their goaltending. I, I think Kudobin's great. I think Bishop's had a great year, great turnaround year for him. Uh, you're you know you're right about not really scoring a lot of goals, but they don't let a lot of goals either. And and I think that's going to play to their favor here in, in this stretch run. And I just like the those two teams, Dallas and Minnesota, very similar, desperate teams to both make the playoffs here. So as it stands right now in the playoffs, that's how I actually think it'll it'll end. Um, come playoffs end with Dallas one and Minnesota two. Mm. You like your defensive hockey teams, don't you? I, I do, and and they're well goaltended too. I like the goalies on both those squads, and mm. and they like I said, they they got they got a certain star power that Arizona's lacking, and uh, and the injuries aren't quite as bad as what they're going with in Colorado. I I just hope Minnesota they get a little healthier. You know, they I know they're missing Dumba on the back end. I hope he comes back. He's a big presence there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll we'll see. I just I just think they're they're playing the right way. Those two teams right now, and mm. and I think that's the way you need to play here at the end of the season. Mm. And the star Jason Zucker, absolute stud 
Uh, they don't really have no like like I, like they don't have stars, but they have like veterans. Like they have guys who've oh, been so in this many. predicament before. Like a yeah. like a suitor, a Brodine, a Parise, Zucker, Stall. Like these are just guys who've been at this stage before, like just barely making it into the playoffs. Mm. And and that's what guys on Arizona don't have. Like there's just yes. no experience on that Arizona team, and and their most experienced players are injured. Like step on. Mm. So that I I don't think that can be overlooked. Um, and 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 that's why I like that team in this scenario. Well, yeah, that that's going to be a really fun race to watch, Nick. That uh, that Western Wild Card, and I'm I'm going to start tuning in because now that my fantasy's over, I can now watch yeah. the games that I want as a fan. Than, as a fan, exactly. Yeah, so I'll be I'll be more focused on teams rather than players, which mm-hmm. is which is really nice. But there's some big junior hockey news kind of all over the place uh, in the last couple of days, Nick. First off, is breaking news uh, just from today is that Quinton Hughes has signed his three-year mm-hmm. entry-level contract with Vancouver, which is very interesting. What that means is that he will guarantee to play with Vancouver as soon as his NCAA season concludes. Now, that was kind of written on the wall anyways, but uh, this this signing of the contract just kind of officializes everything. Uh, now, now, key thing here is he cannot play more than nine games, which is already kind of unlikely. Uh, otherwise, he'd be available for the uh, he'd be eligible for the what's it called um, Seattle expansion draft. So they're not going to play him more than nine games. But we will see some Quinn Hughes by the end of the season, which is pretty darn cool. Um, now the other thing is we just went through a couple rounds of exceptional status applications, Nick. Now, if you didn't know this before, there was two kids in particular that applied for exceptional status. One was in the OHL, a kid named Shane Wright, and one was in the WHL, a kid named Matthew Savoy. Now, interestingly, Savoy is the kid with probably the better numbers, maybe the more pure skill, but uh, he's a bit smaller and and perhaps not as uh, well-rounded in his off-ice presentation, if you could say. So he got denied. Matthew Savoy got denied of exceptional status, which was huge news in the junior hockey world, people are saying, you know, where's this kid going to go? He can't go back to AAA. He's just too darn good to be there. Uh, so there's rumors that he might actually go over to the United States Hockey League, Nick, which, as you know, is uh, the stepping stone for the national development team for the U.S. So it, it's very, it's unconventional what, what could happen here. But uh, we might see some crazy stuff happening with, with this kid who is, you know, he's a small kid, but he's just as exceptional as uh, as Shane Wright in terms of skill. Now let's get into Shane Wright a little bit who was granted in the OHL. He's uh he's an early 2004 birthday, the age of uh, ripe age of 15, uh playing for the Don Mills Flyers. He's already 6 foot and 183 pounds and he's a centerman. So that, like a great body on him, Nick. Like right mm-hmm. away this guy's going to have an NHL frame right off the bat. Um now you'd like this. He's he seems to, and I sent you the interview. He seems to have mm-hmm. excellent character off the ice, especially for a fifteen-year-old. Like the the way he's answering those questions was awesome. And even more interestingly, interestingly, and I'll let you comment on this, is that your home, your new hometown of Kingston, <laughs> looks like they might be drafting him with the first overall pick. Did you hear about that? Like, did you hear that, or is it just going off the standings there? Oh well. No, well, you sent me the standings, and I I think I yeah. looked into it, and it, it like it's kind of written on the wall. It it's like 
you know, they're they're going to draft, especially because they're going to get three years out of him. Like mm-hmm. that, that's huge. He's not going to just get drafted to the well, NHL. Well, and usually when you do get this status, this exceptional status, do, does that just mean you're number one? Like you, like does every guy who's <clears throat> been granted that status gone number one? Not actually, no. I think well, McDavid went number one. Ekblad, Ekblad? went number one. Tavares, Tavares did. Sean Day, which was a a, a royal screw up for this program, mm-hmm. he did not go number one. I think I believe he went number four overall. Okay. And he turned out to be a, a absolute bust. Like mm-hmm. he he went in like the second round of the NHL. Like as soon as he was exceptional status drafted, like he was just a disappointment. And I heard he was a total dick off mm-hmm. the ice too. Like I've heard behind the scenes stories that this guy was just an absolute world class prick. The other one from the queue is obviously Joe Valeno, who who mm-hmm. got exceptional status and he was a, he was a first rounder. He got drafted by Detroit in 2018, 30th overall. And uh, he's he's going to be a, a fine player, Nick. But it's these guys like like Day and Valeno. They look at them, and you know they're not superstar studs, and that's what kind of makes them worried about you know just like granting exceptional status left, right, and center. So the fact that they they granted it for Shane Wright, uh, especially after these you know quote unquote failed projects, it uh, it it bodes really well for this kid. It, it means they were really sure. They, it means they think. And they know that he's going to be a huge star in the league. So this guy's obviously number one overall guy for 2022 at the moment, uh, barring some sort of crazy scenario. So, yeah, it, it's looking good for him. And it looks like Kingston is, is bound to draft him if they finish last like they are projected to. Yeah, like I uh, like I said to you earlier, they've got uh, three games to go. Them and Flint Firebirds, the two worst <clears throat> teams in that entire uh, oh, league. He can't and, go to uh, Flint. Oh, yeah, boy. he can't go to Flint. And and Flint, they're up on Kingston four points with with three games to go. So like, literally, Flint would have to like win their next three, and and Kingston would have to lose their or sorry, Flint would have to lose their next three, and Kingston would have to win their next three. So hmm. um, the odds of that happening. I mean, pretty, yeah, long shot to say the least. Yeah. So that will be great. I honestly, Kyle, I don't want to see this kid play at all. Like, I don't want to go on YouTube and see any clips. Oh, really? Whatsoever. I just want to go in cold. Like, I want him to get drafted. Wow. I want to walk into that arena one night next year, sit down, not even know his jersey number, and I wow. want to see how long it takes me to spot him on the ice. Huh? And say that's the guy. That looks like an a, a exceptional status player. Hmm. Well, it's going to be tough, Nick. Like, when he enters the league at 15, it's going to be tough for him at first. Like, I don't think you should expect, you know, fireworks in his first year or anything. Um, But at the same time, you should be able to see some raw skill there that you should be able to pinpoint. And, uh, man, you're you're fortunate, man. Like, you're going to get to see this guy grow right in front of your eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, obviously, he's not McDavid, but it's it's like getting a McDavid-level guy drafted to your city that you're living in for now so it's it's so fortunate it's and you know what it's going to be fun to for you to watch as the building becomes more full as this guy mm-hmm. becomes a star like w- watch him turn that sit that town into like a big ohl town by the time he's mm-hmm. drafted it's going to be interesting because hmm. it's going to be yeah. like let's watch the kid right like this guy's going to yeah. be major news if he's going to be tabbed as you know a next one he's going to be it's going to be awesome right. to fill that building yeah, I mean, they haven't had too many stars come out of that organization. I mean, the the last big one, and this is like, this is an old-timer, would be Dougie Gilmore. Wow. Um, yeah, 
So, so that he's his banners, you know, it's still sitting there in the arena. And, uh, you know, if he could have his name up to that one and be the next great player that the Kingston Frontenacs cultivate, I think that would be super special. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, no, I'm jealous. Massively <laughs> jealous. I, I would, and, and sorry, I that, might even get a, season tickets. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, hey, it's a long way to go for every game. But, uh, is, is that, is that three year eligibility, four year eligibility? How's that work? That's three years. So he'll play three years. in. Okay. Yeah. You usually guys get it two years until you're drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, in a rare, yeah, yeah. This is a rare case where he'll have three full years of development gotcha. in the OHL. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Because yeah, I'll I'll be here for the next two, and and he'll be here for the next three. So that'll uh, that'll work out. Excellent. Perfect. And if if all if all leads to if all goes as planned in his second year, so your last year, his second year. He should be like a hundred point player. If if all goes well, he should be a, a legitimate star in that year. Okay, so, now here's my question: Who's the better? Who's the better player, Shane Wright, or that guy on the Sudbury Wolves? We oh. were talking about. Well, you. Uh, well, pro as they project, you mean? Yeah, because I, well, I mean, I got I got that game circled on my calendar next year when those two guys go at it. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, for sure. I I I I'm curious because you spoke very highly of that of that kid you met at the rink. Mm-hmm. Well, I I'm gonna say as as it projects, I'm I'm gonna say Shane Wright, hundred mm-hmm. percent. A, a mm-hmm. lot of what Quinton Byfield, uh, you know, he's a little bit immature uh, off the ice, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean, um, but. A lot of his game is using his big body, his big frame. Mm. And obviously he's ultra skilled as well, but a lot of people thought he would have done a little bit better than he did this year. I mean, he's still like just slightly over a point per game, which is fantastic for his age. Mm. And uh, you might see him just explode next year, but uh, just like me, just me personally looking at the, the, the interviews and the off-ice stuff and, and the way this kid speaks, it, it looks like mm. he's going to be a better pro. Like, like mm. Byfield, maybe he has, you know, the, uh, the God-given talent, the God-given body that Wright might not have, might, he might end up getting more skilled, but Wright's going to be the better pro. He's going to be better off the ice. He's going to be just a better two-way guy like this, this guy's, this guy's going to be the real deal. All right. You got me, uh, you got me very excited here, but it's, really it's going to forward. Now it's going to be weird, Nick, because when you see Byfield, he's going to be a dominant guy, mm-hmm. and when and in that game, Wright is going to be like a young, right, right. Sc- scrappy little rookie kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But I I can't wait to see him to watch him play. Like I've never obviously watched him play a few highlights mm-hmm. here and there, but you know you can't really find video of these guys from that uh, those AAA games, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely keep my eyes on the schedule and when that's released, and uh, mm-hmm. and I'll let you know when those two boys are in town. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll fly up for that weekend. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Now you went to a junior game recently, Nick. Tell tell me, uh, tell the viewers about that one. Yeah, I, I had the pleasure of of this was amateur hockey weekend for Nick. Um, nice. This this was an action packed Friday and Saturday. Friday night, Kingston Frontenacs hosting the Ottawa 67s. Player of interest on the 67s, of course, being my boy, Mikey DiPietro, the the star of the Rink Moose podcast. He's been mm. a star, and he hasn't even made it into the NHL full-time yet. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I saw he was coming into town. 
I circled it on my calendar. I said, I am going to that hockey game. Mm. So I'll start with my Friday night. I walk into the arena. A lot more packed, I will say. This was a this was a very good turnout. Really? Um, compared to that shitty ass game I was at two 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 months ago, the the Saginaw game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's because of the the rivalry they have with Ottawa being the short drive away. I feel like a lot of the fans were sixty sevens fans. Sixty uh, sevens are are actually first place as well, so you could see how that fan base would be very passionate and, mm. and vocal compared to like Saginaw, where they're in the states. You're not going to have you know people from the states driving to Kingston, right? Yeah. So packed house, and I was happy to see that. It was also Maple Leafs night, Toronto Maple Leafs night, so they were giving away you know Leafs jerseys and Leafs T-shirts. So nice. That, that was nice. But uh, yeah, I, I walk into the arena. I'm a little late. And, uh, you know, I, I take my seat, uh, Kyle, I, I strategically got, you know, a seat behind the, uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, what's it called? Um, the, 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 the net. Mikey's net, the net. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so the Ottawa net. So the side Kingston would be attacking twice on, right. I wanted yeah. to dissect this guy's game the whole night, right. Wow. This, this, this was <laughs> going to be really special. I'm excited. And, it, and it's, and it's a TV timeout. I sit down. And I'm looking at the Ottawa bench there, looking for Mikey. And he's standing up with a ball cap on. No. And he's not playing. No, 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 Nick. How could this happen? I was mad. I had to, yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I was with some company, so I had to compose myself. But, I mean, I, I, I was mad. And, uh. I mean, you know, I got over it quickly, but it was it was it was it was disappointing because, uh, you know, I he was he was he was the guy I wanted to see. He's he's my boy. He's my number one one guy in junior who I'm following, and and I mm-hmm. assumed he was going to play. They had a back to back Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, I was like, okay, play Mikey the Friday, give the backup Saturday, play Mikey Sunday. You know, that's what any coach would do. Sure. And uh, he he sat out Mikey, and uh... I had to watch this no name fucker. No, and uh, I, I didn't even know who this guy was. He had a great game. He shut out the France. He was very good. But wow. uh, man, it was uh, it was disappointing. Very disappointing. You could imagine just going oh. there, sitting down. You're all ready to go, and 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 Mikey's just standing at the bench, just shooting the shit the whole game, just sitting there talking. You don't oh, see man. him play. That would throw yeah. me off, Nick. I don't know if I could even enjoy the game after that. You would just leave, right? I would be like. You start know. stomping around and yeah. making a scene, and everyone would look at you, going, "What's wrong with that guy?" Exactly. Now, did you yeah. take the jersey off, or did you leave it on? I didn't bring the jersey, oh. so it was it worked. Well, it worked just fine. Well, so why didn't you bring? Was... That's why. Why didn't you bring the jersey? Uh, why? This was the whole plan. I know, but this I, is I why, know. Nick. You deserve this because you didn't bring the I jersey. Because I didn't bring the Vancouver jersey, and, and karma got you, just like karma got me. Like all you, right, Simmer you blew it. Down. You you Simmer, broke your that's plan. That's not how karma works. Okay, well, it was, whatever. It was, it was done. It was a tangible thing. The coach did not slot him into the game. So if I nope. wore my jersey, I just look like the dumbass wearing the Vancouver jersey, the Luongo one Vancouver jersey. Yeah. Who are looking at going? Who is that schmuck? But this was supposed to be for Mikey. Like, yeah, what if he it didn't, didn't play? Happen, so it was a moot point. It doesn't matter. But like, it just, uh, it just the universe is just slapping you around right now. This is oh, just yeah. like but, you, you should have brought hey, the hey, jersey, hey. and then Simmer the coach down. would have changed his mind. He would have been like, oh, oh shut that, up. That, that's a Vancouver jersey in the crowd there. Mm. 
Maybe no. I'll change my mind. No, no, no. Yes, my point I'm is, telling you. He, d- I did get to see him quite a bit. Um, he, he would like he, he when he at the end of the game when the team all came to congratulate the goalie who was at our end. Um, it, it, everyone was like just worried about the goalie giving him props, you know, rightfully so because he got a shutout. But Mikey actually directed the whole team's attention to the fans, all the Ottawa fans in the stands. And said, "Hey boys, let's give him a salute." Like you could tell through his actions, like he's like, "Boys, give him a salute," and and he said that, and all the boys lifted their sticks up at the same time to all the the Ottawa fans there in the in the stadium, and and it was really cool. Now, why did he um, do that, Mikey? I don't get it. Like you're he's got in, you're, you're in an he's away got, building. He acknowledges the crowd. He sees all these Ottawa fans standing up, oh. and he's like, "Hey, let let's give them a toast." You know, they drove all the way out here. Let's give mm. them a toast. And you know that thing what teams do when they kind of skate to the middle and raise their sticks up? Yeah. Well, they did like a mini version of that to the Ottawa fans that were sitting in the part of the rink I was at. So mm. I, I thought it was just a it was a, a good thing of Mikey to do. And then of course he him and his buddy had some ritual they did in, in the net when he got the shutout to celebrate. So just I didn't see him play, but the character was still on display nonetheless, even from the bench, which I think says a lot about just how special this talent really is. <laughs> you can't say a single thing about his talent when he didn't yeah, it's play. Like, well, still, it's the character. The fact the character, character. showed itself without him even playing, yeah. with him registering a second in the crease, I think says a lot. Were, were you watching him more or the game more? throughout the the match uh i i oh i well of course i watched the game but you know (laughs) during like the tv timeouts i'd always see what he was doing what how was he was how he was interacting with the other goalie what he did on the bench um he was always talking which i'd expect he's a very talkative guy on the bench from Mm. what i hear and uh he was just always into it always talking with his buddies um yeah fun guy from just the the side of it when when ottawa scored did you look right Mm. at him and see if he celebrated Oh yeah, he was yeah, he was always, you know, giving the guys props and uh you know, they they had a fun little thing where there was a, actually like the game Kyle was ridiculous. It was like an eight nothing. It was like oh, a fucking shit, shit show. Yeah. Wow. Like Kingston's bad. Kingston is bad. That's awful. And uh and anyways, um they uh the like when there'd be a big altercation at the end where they're settling penalty minutes and it's like a five minute delay because there was just some fight, um, the goalies would start you know, from coast to coast, the Kingston and the Ottawa goalie would just start flicking the puck to each other, like saucing the puck from end to end. And and mm. you could see Mikey yelling from the bench going, hey, like, I want to get on, get in on this. And <laughs> and he grabbed a stick and he was trying to get their attention to sauce the puck to him, but they wouldn't do it. But I thought it was pretty funny. Wow. He sounds like a goofball. Like he he's just distracting everybody. Well, he's a kid, right? Oh, yeah. He yeah, is a kid at the end of the day. He'll grow up one day. One day. Yeah, we'll but, see. Yeah, just, uh, and then, uh, yeah, go on. What's that? Well, no, and then yeah. Other than that, um, the other uh, amateur hockey event of the weekend was uh, Kyle the OUA hockey final. Oh yes, I forgot about that. You know of this? The listeners, of course, don't. It's a very niche subject, but basically, the Sparks Note version of this is uh, the two best university hockey teams in all of Ontario stepped onto the ice and faced off each other at the Memorial Center here in Kingston, Ontario. It was, it was Queen's University, my university, hosting the Guelph Griffins. Oh, I believe they're the Griffins. Andrew This Bell. was the final. They, yeah, they, they had beaten Western in the, in the West's, uh, West final, and, and they were going to play uh, 
um, Queen. So this was for all the hardware. Mm. Um, the two the two teams are actually going to be playing uh, this coming week in Lethbridge, Alberta, for like the mm. national championship. So that should be cool. But mm. regardless, this was for the Ontario championship. So the two best teams going at it, packed out house three thousand students and 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 you know all sorts of different people barged into this little rink that I play my intramural games. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was really something to see. I sent you a video. It was pretty raucous, as you saw. Oh, that's um, what that was. It, yeah, yeah. What did you think it was? Well, you told me it was UMass, and I didn't believe well, you, but you I didn't know what it, it was. Right? No, because I didn't believe I, it. My point is, this was as close to what I believe a, a college game is like in the States. Like at really? a university, like Maine, or Boston U, or UMass. Like, I, I just, this was like a college atmosphere. Like, you go to a game, and it's like raucous, drunk mm. college students instead of like you know as you said with leafs fans like sitting there eating their caviar right yes so it was just only 3000 seats but all 3000 seats are passionate people who are there to to cheer on this team wow. and it was just it was it was a raucous atmosphere and it, and it transcended into the play there were open ice hits huge hits across, uh, on the boards the hockey was exquisite it was it was like world it was like world junior gold medal uh, quality mm. hockey the, this wow. was the better hockey of the of the weekend in my opinion hmm. and uh yeah it was just it was just a great atmosphere and um it was it was actually a really good game it was 1-1 heading into the third very hard fought game and and this was the funny moment of the game the the guelph goalie i was sitting behind the guelph goalie and in my end we were definitely the more raucous drunk end of the arena Mm. And 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 the the Guelph goalie, he was at our end. Andrew Masters was his name. Wow. Kind of a duster. He was very skilled and he looked good, but he he kind of he kind of had the dustiness of Jake Allen to him. Like he just looked dusty. Mm. And so everyone was getting on this guy. We had these creative chants, but for the most part, oh like God. when he'd let a goal in, we'd all start screaming, "It's all your fault! It's all your fault!" Oh. And we all got oh, after him, and, and and you know. Someone looked up his his Wikipedia, got his mom's name, and what? everyone started chanting "Kathy Masters." Dun, 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 no, Kathy. It was it was no nuts. way. Like we, were, we were really getting into it with this kid, and that's and brutal. You could tell he just had his head down the whole time, and um, the best part of the night. This was like ten minutes left in the game, one one still. Queens guy, he's coming in on a rush. It's not at all like a, a helpless situation. Like it, it's not a high scoring chance. He crosses the blue line, takes a little cookie shot at the net. It's clearly it's along the ice, not too quick of a shot. It's going short side on Masters. And Masters, he goes he, as like two seconds before the Queens guy releases the shot, this one drunk in the crowd goes, Hey Masters, what happened at the uh the University of uh, Miami? And uh, and literally two seconds later, that puck squeezes in through Masters, and and it's the game-winning goal for the Queens. Oh my God! What he so, said? He so, said, "What did he say? What did he say there?" He was like, "He's like, hey Masters, what happened at the University of Ohio, Miami, buddy?" Why? Because like that was what he, that was like his old team in the NCAA. This oh. kid used to play in the NCAA. Oh. And and apparently he was like a third-string goalie at. Ohio, Miami, yeah. the school in the NCAA. So <laughs> that just, is you know, hilarious. He, he did his research, fucking scream <laughs> that, and two seconds later, this cookie goes in on Masters. 
it's it's the game winning goal. We we go after him again. We're chanting about his mom and a bunch of other you know profanities. Wow. And uh, and and yeah, that uh, that did it for them. Queens went on to win three one, and uh, it was the first time Queens had won that trophy, the OUA trophy, in thirty eight mm. years, not wow. since nineteen eighty one. So for me and all those people there, it was it was truly a, a night of history. I'd say. Wow. So yeah. is that uh, is that like the best hockey atmosphere you've been in a long time? Oh, hands down. I it's I can't even pick a be- like I can't even think of a better atmosphere in, in my whole history of being at a rink. Really? Playing in games, watching games cuz like I've been to a hand actually I mean like okay, a, a playoff game in Tampa, like that's surreal, but you're comparing, you know, 20,000 fans to 3,000, right? Mhm. It, it it's more it's less the the volume of fans and it's more just the kind of fans and and just the atmosphere and how the chance and how consistent they are and how long they are it was like being at the islanders game for the leafs islanders but like it was at queens now like we were rowdy we were loud it's an old barn like it was it was that's the best analogy i can say it kind of reminded me of that islanders game wow and yes it was it was just sick and it was awesome. They they had not hosted this game, Kyle, for 38 years. Since 81, they hadn't even been in the finals. Hmm. So the fact my first year of school here, they made it that far and I was there, like, pretty cool. Oh, what a blessing. Um, and, and these are good players. Like, the, you know, people might be hearing this rolling their eyes and going, oh, university hockey, big fucking deal. But the, these are guys who are all of them at least drafted in junior hockey. Mm-hmm. They, they, they did their three or four years of eligibility didn't make the NHL and they simply tell themselves, I'm going to get an education. I'm going to finish my hockey playing career in, in, in getting a university degree. And, and they sign up for these university teams. They're, they're mid, they're sorry, early to mid 20 players. And, and, and they're very good players. I mean, uh, Gabriel Velarde, his brother, Mario Velarde, he's one of the players on, uh, on Queens. Really? And, uh, and a guy, a guy who used to play with Mick David in Erie, like he was in McDavid's dressing room. He was on the ice with, at the same time with McDavid, Spencer Abraham. He goes to hmm. law school here at Queens. He's the captain for the Queens team. Wow. So it, it, it's fascinating. These guys, it goes to show you these are, this is quality hockey. This is not hmm. just, you know, house league. This, this is legit. Well, Nick, we always see with the, with the Canadian world junior team, they always go up against the U sport all-stars which is made up of these U sport players and uh right. and they they often lose like they they mm-hmm. really often lose i mean you heard the coach say even this year he said this team this U sports team is going to be better than any team we face in the tournament so this is a right. tune up game he said that those words so yeah no i i hear you these these guys are very very good and uh, they're motivated cuz look at the atmosphere they get to play and it's awesome from what it sounds yeah. like, because I, I went in with the perception, Nick, that this was going to be nowhere near the kind of atmosphere that you see in like a raucous uh, NCAA rink. But I, I'm so happy to hear that uh, that they turned out and it, it, it was a great time. That That's awesome. That's really oh, nice. Oh, it was to hear. great. Fan, fans, like students were, were bring, bringing their, you know, Alexander Keith's tall boys in these popcorn bags because, of course, you couldn't, no alcohol prohibited from yeah. the arena being a student venue, but, you know, wasn't stopping all of us. Um, it was just, it was, it was very cool. Everyone had their Queens gear on. It mm-hmm. was, it was just, yeah, I mean, un- unparalleled um, in my mind. I think everyone who has an opportunity to go to like a big university playoff hockey game, if you happen to be in the area, you should definitely do it. Um, wow. Yeah, without a doubt. 
You have a couple pops yourself or what? Uh, I wasn't that creative, no. Oh, so I didn't. Man, I'd Nick. never been to one of these, but I was just looking around me. And I'm like, these these undergrads, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Right? So next next like, time. Yeah, if there's a next time for sure. Just like clearly the undergrads, the the seasoned veterans, they knew what they were up to, but us grad students weren't weren't quite as uh, getting into the booze. Man, you're gonna be busy next year with all this uh, Kingston Frontenacs and and fucking yeah. U- university well, hockey. It's gonna be crazy. I mean, the turnover in university hockey is pretty dramatic. Like the guys who come in and out. So yeah. I mean, like I said, first time in 38 years they were at that stage. So that might just be a once in a lifetime thing. Wow. But for King, but for the France, I mean, yeah, you're you're definitely right. I'll definitely be making more trips. I mean, I've only gone twice <clears throat> this year, but next year I got to assume I'd be going more. Mm. Well, Nick, it's getting to be that time, my friend. I'm sorry uh, to say. Unfortunately, it. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a uh, fun one. It has. It's been. It's we we got our brackets out there and a couple good stories here. But uh, yeah, we're coming up to the end, and we're gonna finish on this. We're gonna say, tune in tomorrow for Bachelor season finale week, two part finale, two part finale Monday Tuesday. It's gonna be staggering. It's gonna be unbelievable. Now we didn't do our recap, but I'm sure you guys all watched it. And uh, the the winner the winner is Cassie. Like Cassie's won the the show. <laughs> it just the question is, what happens next? Because she ran off, right? So the other two girls are mincemeat now. Like all he's gonna do is le- is send him home. But uh, how does he how does he get the woman? How does he get her back? Like the power the power has shifted, Nick. It's it's quite fast. Dramatic. Very it's, fascinating. It- it's called the show's called The Bachelor. As you yeah. said a few weeks ago, they're all fighting for him. They mm-hmm. they need to all agree with him. They need to nod when he nods. They need to smile <laughs> when he smiles. They need God. to a- appease this man. Yes. <laughs> and and it's the 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 power, the power struggle here has shifted dramatically. Yes. Dramatic. And and this Cassie has emerged as a star. Yeah. And uh and heck, if she doesn't end up with him, then it, she's going to she's going to be the next bachelorette in my mind. Yeah, and the show is over. Like the show is now over because what's he can't go to the other ones. So he's well. I don't know. Well, I don't know if you saw the preview, but he's knocking on someone's door at the at is. the end of that preview. Yeah. Who is that somebody? I have no idea. We don't know. Yeah, but Nick, this is very unprecedented. I mean, how often do you see this kind of shift with with two episodes to go? It's unbelievable. Like oh, we know we're not going to see a proposal. We know the show's over. Basically, we we know who's like it's one or nothing. Uh, it's just crazy. Yeah, no, th- th- talk about drama. Like you talk about your youth sports drama. This is drama too. <laughs> this is this it, is yeah, amazing. No, it, it's it's very like I I still haven't ruled out like a proposal thing. Like they Ooh. might they might be hiding something for like the the whole the the reason it's a two part finale might be the first parts kind of settling all the you know the settling everything that transpired from the last one, and and mm. maybe we do see something some kind of engagement. I don't know, but yeah. uh, but. I mean, they're 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 playing it safe here with their previews. I really don't know what's going to happen, and, mm-hmm. and that's kudos to them and and the producers. They they do an excellent job each and every year. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's so fucking weird because he's chasing after this one girl. He admits her love for her. He's doing everything he can to get her. And then you have these two other girls who are totally they don't know what else, what's going on there. And mm. and it's just crazy the dynamic. Yeah, it's 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 it's. It's unparalleled. I, I really think so on the on the history of this show. 
and I, and I think we saw the most raw, like we could see a bachelor turn out. Like they, they were going through things. They were saying things. I'm sure they're like, yeah, they're going to cut this. Let's just keep going. Right. And the cameras just kept rolling. And then we finally saw the fence jump, Nick. The fence jump. And uh, it did not disappoint. Like the guy just took off and he's he's now lost in the, uh, what they call the, the, the farm fields of Spain. He's out uh, in the wilderness. <laughs> Portugal. Yes, yeah. yeah. sorry, yeah, Portugal. He's out he's in the Portuguese wilderness right now right. and they're they're looking for him. So that that's where running, they left yeah. us off and what a great feeling that is. Running man. Like, running through someone's vineyard, someone's yes. wine vineyard. The, the guy's um, pissed. He, he he can never get the woman. He was on the bachelorette, he got fucking tossed aside and now he's getting tossed aside again. <laughs> did did you like how like like when she leaves he kinda goes into his room and then he pops out and he's like this is fucking shit. I'm, yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah, I he love like, that. Like, I love that. He fucking shoves the camera out of the way. Like, he's just a baby. Yeah. He's no, like, I, I didn't. He's like a little little baby. Oh, I didn't get her phone number. So now I'm all sour about it. Yeah. You know? Well, it's a tough spot, too. Like, what's he going to... Like, if he, were, he can't play by the rules of the show, and he's pissed because he, he you know, he lost the woman... And, mm. uh, and you know what he's got, like, it's just a nasty situation for him. I, yeah. I totally feel it. And the last thing he wants to do is, is all is play by these rules and, uh, and have these cameras fuck him around. So I, I totally get it. He punched out the camera through his microphone and fucking leapt the fence with all the grace of every unicorn on earth. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It, it was just, a, yeah. a, it was the best moment of, of, of the year so far, 2019. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. High praise. No. High praise. It was so nice, though. Very nice. I, I can't. And, I feel bad for the other ladies. Don't get me wrong. Very bad. Especially yeah. Han, Hannah G didn't even get a fucking chance here. Yeah, she had, she wasn't even on the episode. Yeah, talk about blindsided. She's gonna he's gonna walk into her room tomorrow and just lay the lay the brick on her. Absolute yeah. brick. Didn't even get a shot. Oh well. <laughs> it's sad. It is. But we'll have to. Uh, are you gonna watch it live tomorrow or watch it on Tuesday? Uh, I'm I'm sure there's there's plenty of viewing parties going on here. Mm. Whether I take part, we'll see. Yeah, okay. But uh, it's uh, it's gonna regardless how it goes, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a historic night. That's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we're not we're not gonna be disappointed, which is good. But that's it. That's all we have for today, Nick. I think I think it's time to wrap her up. We're right right on schedule here with in terms of timing. So yeah, uh, after a nice episode and uh, a hell of a fantasy hockey year for me, uh, what? Yeah, well, another word on that. Uh, I wish you the best of luck next week. Uh, come finals, when whether it's you versus Mitch or Braden, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of want to see uh, see Mitch win. I don't want to see Braden win. I mean, you've had your win in the past, so I don't know who where my loyalties lie. But uh, I'm I'm gonna be rooting for you next week. I'll tell you that. Well, yeah, no, that's that that that's good to hear, and it means a lot. I I mean, it's it's a fucking shame Braden moved on because, as you know, I I don't like that team in particular. You're scared of the, the the whole sell mode. Yeah, or, oh sorry, yeah. He's, he's all in. He's buying all in. You can't let and, him win. Uh, can't let. Yeah, him win. I mean, I'll be definitely rooting for Mitch next week. Yes. Um, and uh, and yeah, it'll, however it shapes out, it's gonna it's gonna be like. I'm getting invested all of a sudden. Like I had a whole week off. I was I was mm-hmm. doing baseball fantasy, baseball prep. Wasn't even thinking about fantasy hockey or NHL in general with mm. with this whole amateur schedule I've had. Yeah. But uh but tomorrow it it all starts and and yep. the nerves rack in. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to be in the same position you were in last week. So we'll see what happens. And uh, I'm going to be locked into these to these games. Time for your guys to step up and perform. Hopefully yeah, they, uh, they'll have weird. your back. It's weird. I mean, if I'm, I'm going off the logic that if goalies are playing well, they stay hot. If, 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 if they're hot, they, they stay that way. And, and all my goalies are really hot right now. And, and I think that's what it's going to come down to, the goaltending. His goalies are good. My goalies are good. And, and as it always does, I think that's going to be the, the key factor here mm. um, for this coming week. With, uh, with Kucherov being the, uh, the wild card. Although Pasternak, he, too. Pasternak, he only, too. Yeah. He only plays three games, I think, Kucherov. And I'm not sure about right. Boston. And, he, sure. and he's got the one tomorrow against the Leafs, which uh, mm. which every NHL fan should be tuning in for. Leafs, uh, Leafs, Lightning, Game Three of that series tomorrow yep. night in yep. Toronto. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, it's going to be good, and we'll uh, we'll update you guys next week. We'll we'll have a lot to talk about next week. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Going to be a loaded mm-hmm. episode, perhaps, and the thirtieth. Oh fuck! Needless to say, the thirtieth is going to be a big one, hopefully. So, yeah. On that note, oh, Nick. Wait, yeah, one what? more thing. Yeah, one more thing. Uh, I will be uh, I will be in Ottawa next weekend for the uh, for Leafs sends St. Patrick's oh, Day game. Wow! So uh, I will have a report next episode on how that went, what the fans are feeling like in Ottawa. I'll get I'll get to have a sense on on what they're feeling about this Melnick character, what the vibe is there. Um, I mean, it's no secret. I've already been to the arena. I kind of know what it's like, but mm. having the chance to go there, see how many Leafs fans are there, what's the proportion Leafs for Sens, uh, I, I think it's going to be super cool. Nick, Nick, I have an idea. What's why up? don't you Why don't you grab a couple interviews? Just like get your phone recorder. How am I going to do that? And just go up to a random fan wearing a Sens jersey and just, and just go, buddy, how are you feeling about this uh, this year so far? Mm-hmm. And just and just mm-hmm. we'll we'll put it on the show. It'll be great. It'll be awesome uh, entertainment. The yeah, Sens I mean, fans' reactions—that'd be awesome. Or even the guy beside you in the in the seats. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there, there's going to be like four of us. We're all going to be in our Leafs jerseys, so we're going to oh. be—I mean, we're going to make our presence known. Yeah. Um, pretty pretty dramatically. So they may it would not be like pretty that. cool. Yeah, they may not like it. And and one of my buddies, he's kind of a hothead, and and I know he's listening, but he 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 might talk some shit and get in a fight. So. Mm. Um, we'll we'll see uh, if I'm if I'm even allowed to conduct an interview. So right, right. Um, that's a long shot, but mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what I come back with. Okay, okay, sounds yeah. good. But that's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, should be fun. Like it's it's not it's not quite like this tease I'm giving everyone. It's not quite quite the the Chris Harrison tease for the finale no. of The Bachelor, but it's a it's a pretty good tease yeah. nonetheless. So not, nothing on is. that. Yeah, yeah. So on, on that note, with with a lot riding on this coming week, and and with a lot of things to come back on next week, we we sign off. Thank you yet again for tuning in to this first ever episode twenty nine, and yeah. uh, we will be back for the thirtieth episode of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast next week. We hope you tune in. Wow. I'm one of your hosts, Nick. I've been with Kyle Nice, and we are signing off. Rink Moose is signing off. <laughs>